welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hashtags are used on almost every social media platform, but the queen of all hashtag users has got to be Instagram. Last year, there was a whole lot of conflicting advice about whether you should use 30 or 5 or 8 or 13 or none at all. And it's hard to work out what you should be listening to and what you should be ignoring. Today, my guest, Matthew Pierce, is going to come and help work out with us how we use hashtags best in this changing world of Instagram, improving their SEO, their search capabilities, and making sure that what our content is, is providing is in the hands or the eyes of the people that want to see it. Matthew is the co-founder with his wife of Hashtag Slayer, a simple web-based app that I use myself that helps you select great hashtags, research ones that are great, discard the ones that are not, and then use those hashtags for your posts. He is a wealth of information about how hashtags work, why you need them, and luckily he's also going to help us work out if hashtags are a dying breed and whether we should still be using them or not. This is a great episode for anyone that is using hashtags, particularly on Instagram this year. Hi, and welcome to Map It Marketing. I am going to be talking with you today with a very special guest, Matthew Pierce. He owns Hashtag Slayer, and we're going to be talking about Instagram, but specifically about hashtags, because I've been hearing rumors that hashtags might not be a good idea anymore, but I'm not finding that myself. So before we jump in and start talking about it, um, I'm going to introduce you to Matthew. So Matthew, um, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rachel. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about you? Now, you told me something really exciting about your past thing before Hashtag Slayer. So do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, where you live, um, and because it's not New Zealand, um, and tell me a little bit about what you did and what brought you to, to launch Hashtag Slayer in the first place. Sure. Uh, yeah. So my name is Matthew Pierce. I'm a fellow Commonwealther, although not from New Zealand. I'm I'm a fellow Commonwealther. Yes. <laughs> we uh, like Canadians. Oh, perfect. We like everyone in New Zealand. Well, everyone I've met so far. Yeah, yeah. There'll probably be a few that you don't like, but that's okay. We'll just pretend they're not there. <laughs> I like your style. Okay. So uh, I'm Matthew. I'm a designer, developer, marketer coming from British Columbia, Canada. And my I'm actually the co-creator of Hashtag Slayer. It's a husband and wife team. I founded this with my wife. And I'll get into the story of that in, in mm. just a moment. But you, you mentioned, you know, what I had told you about my past. And so that was that I, this is actually how I got into marketing on Instagram, is I previously built a social network called paneljam.com. And it's, it's running on its own these days, but it's essentially a website where anyone can make web comics with the internet. So someone draws one panel and someone draws another, so on and so forth. I really love that idea. It's kind of like um, those... Do you know, I don't know if you did, it might be just a New Zealand thing, but when we were kids, there'd be a thing where you'd get paper and you'd fold it up and you'd hide one piece and someone would draw the head and then they'd fold it over and someone would draw the body and then you'd open up and it'd be kind of like this weird shape. Yeah, I actually studied that in art school. It's from oh, the surrealist okay. movement and it's a practice called the exquisite corpse. So that's a bit ah, of trivia. That's a really good piece of intel. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so yeah it's definitely it's similar to that but to build something like that you need a community you need people to to come in and actually make the art so that's how i got started marketing on instagram back in uh 2016 2015 2016 is when i started doing that and so i essentially had people go to this website where they'd make art together and then I'd share their art onto Instagram to attract more artists and kind of siphon away Instagram's users over to Panel Jam. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's really what got me into marketing on Instagram and learning about community building and probably also how I made every mistake in the book, you know, uh, doing everything wrong with my hashtags, breaking every rule that Instagram had. Uh, so I learned what not to do. I think we've all been there. I definitely, I definitely have also, I try to fight against platforms often because I'm like, make it do the way I want to use it. I get really grumpy if it doesn't want to do it my way. And I, I'll have this huge battle that often becomes an external battle. I don't know if it's the same with you where you're going, I just want you to do it the way I want to do it. I don't want to change to your algorithm or your system. Yeah, I, I definitely used to be that way. These days, I, I try and look at, you know, what's the game we're playing and how can I play it most efficiently, play within their rules. Because, um, yeah, fighting against it doesn't doesn't tend to work so well. It certainly doesn't. So tell me a little bit about hashtag. So you found it with your wife. And by the way, um, I said this earlier, but you, you two have just had a baby. So congratulations. Um, I have three Thank girls. You. And a girl, I can say girls are awesome. Not that boys are not, by the way, anyway. But girls are amazing. It's lovely to have a daughter. So Congratulations. Um, you and your wife founded it together. Was that because you had um, complementary um, skills that were going to help make this, this app work really well? Yeah, so that's a great question. So my wife and I, we, we met in art school, design school. Uh, and so, you know, she was around when I was working on the panel jam thing the whole time. And um, so she, she's familiar with my skill set there. But we both have degrees in design. And from that, we kind of took different paths. I've been programming since I was a child. So I was like kind of making websites and applications and that sort of thing. Whereas she went more into a coaching uh, area of work. So she was on Instagram and she was coaching other people in their marketing and mostly coaching other coaches like life coaches and, and things like that. Um, and what she found was that a lot of them really struggled with their hashtags. So what she did is she, you know, used what she knew about hashtags and made a spreadsheet where you could categorize your hashtags in certain ways. You yeah. would click on a certain button in the spreadsheet and it would kind of shuffle your hashtags for you and, and spit out 30 of them to use. Now, I know your thing is much better, but I'm just going to say that is actually genius. I didn't even think about the application of using spreadsheets, not for that, because obviously your thing is better than that, but that's actually super cool. I actually realized before we start should we just explain what a hashtag is? Because I'm assuming that people know, but I do know I get asked a lot exactly what a hashtag is and what it's for. What would you say if someone asked you that question? Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's definitely the definition we should give. Yeah, I was thinking about are... it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they are for categorizing content. Okay. On Instagram, you're able to add up to 30 of them. It should be describing the, the content that you have. Now, people often think of hashtags purely as a way to increase the reach on their posts. And that is what Hashtag Slayer focuses on. But I would say that that's not all hashtags are. There's a lot of different strategic ways they can be used in your marketing beyond just initial reach. Mm -hmm. And they are also a key factor for helping Instagram to categorize your overall account rather than just your individual posts. 
I like that. And I'm going to come back to that later because I've got some questions around that round because I'm also using TikTok and there's a different way you use them on TikTok. So I, I really like that. Now let's get back. So your, your wife had done this cool spreadsheet and she was doing this thing where she basically created it so they could, it could randomly change the hashtags they could use under a different area. So you saw that and what did you think? Yeah, I, I looked at it and I, I said, Danica, do you know what you have here? And she's like, yeah, a really cool spreadsheet. <laughs> um, that is a sentence that only my husband normally would say. I don't feel that way about spreadsheets. <laughs> no, no, neither does she. You know, uh, she's not really a tech person, but she was excited about this. And I was like, no, this this could be so much more because um, she had been using it with her clients and some of them were increasing their reach by 50 percent, 100 percent, you know, even more than that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we could build this into something more, make it a web app, make this something that would really help people. Um, so I got very excited about it being the programmer. And I said, you know what, this should be really simple. You've got just this spreadsheet. I can make this into a web app. Give me a weekend. I'll have it done. Uh, and we launched it six months later. So it wasn't quite the two days I thought. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that is often what you think. Hey, you think it's going to be a simple thing, but it becomes a bit more complicated. Yeah, absolutely. And a big part of that was because our, we went through the above the board proper way of building this, which means that it has official approval from Instagram and Facebook. It connects using their APIs. And to do that, you know, it just it took a lot more kind of learning how to use their data and do it correctly. So tell me a little bit about how it works. So I, um, I logged in and one of the things I really liked about it is I can actually grab another person's profile that might be in my niche and it basically will mine their hashtags. Is that right? Yeah. So you're talking about the competitor search and yes. yeah, I love that feature. It, it was kind of like favorite. a last minute addition and then everyone everyone loves it so that's well, it appeals that's to something the lazy side of me you know it's much easier than going and having to read all their posts to find their hashtags totally and that's actually a strategy i recommend for like jump starting your hashtag research is to make a list of five to ten people in your niche competitors people who are bigger around the same size what have you and just you know shoot them into this this search tool so what it does is it will show you their engagement rate their top nine posts and the hashtags that are associated with those posts. So it, it spits out a list of all these hashtags and you can kind of copy whichever ones you want. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a pretty fun feature. A lot of people love that one. Now, I think one, I'm just thinking about um, when I first did it with, with the, that feature um, and then I tested those hashtags, some of them didn't do so well, but I know now why that was. So I have 1,500 followers approximately. I have le slightly less, but I'm going to say 1,500 because that makes me feel better. Um, 1,500 followers, but I went and grabbed hashtags from people who had 180, 230,000 followers. And I think I went too far forward. So I think I, what I should have done is gone for people who had 10 or 20 or 30K followers because their hashtags are probably still going to be more in line with mine and may not be as highly competitive hashtags. And I think when you're just, just some feedback for people using it, I think I went too big with the bigger accounts, which meant that I was going for these huge wide span hashtags that weren't going to really help me find my niche audience. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, while we do have the competitor search, I don't think just plainly copying other people's hashtags is a good strategy because mm -hmm. you don't really know how they're working for that person anyways. Yes. Uh, it could be that they're doing well, could be that they're not. Um, but yeah, choosing people who are closer to your own account size would be a good place to start. Um, 
I think I should maybe step back a little bit from it's, the competitor search though and explain. I just got excited. Yeah, tell me how it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, there's kind of three stages to hashtag slayer. One is searching and discovering hashtags. Two is collecting hashtags. So organizing these hashtags into buckets or collections as we call them. Uh, and these would be based on the topics that you talk about. You know, Maybe you have a different topic for Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe you mix different topics together. So you know, we search hashtags, we collect these hashtags and have them organized. And then hashtag slayer analyzes the hashtags to kind of tell you how difficult or competitive the hashtags are. And then using this data, as well as the data from connecting to your Instagram account, it optimizes sets of hashtags for you. So it says, hey, here's your engagement. Here's your following size. We're going to say you need, you need so many easier hashtags and you know a few harder hashtags. It's going to differ depending on your account. So that's kind of the three steps is like searching, collecting, and optimizing. So I just wanted to kind of give that overview before we dive deep into, into one thing. So I, I really love that because I, one of the things that I learned last year was I used to teach people uh, before I really dug deep into what hashtags actually really, how they worked on Instagram. I used to do a very simplistic idea and said, look, if they've got a low number of uses, then they're a low competitive, uh, low competing competitive market, um, middle kind of stuff. It's, it's middle and high. But you can have a, a hashtag that for some reason is actually quite a high competitive hashtag that doesn't have many uses because all the tiny businesses are using it, which is increasing the competition of it. So that was one thing I learned last year. And I'm thinking what that's what yours will read, isn't it? Is it's actually reading the actual competitive space, not necessarily how many people are actually using that hashtag. Is that right? Oh, I love this question because, yeah, there's a lot I can say about this is that's totally right the number of posts that a hashtag has is usually how people rank hashtags. They're like, oh, use, you know, a few that have a million posts, yes. you know, most of them with 50,000 or less or something in between. Yeah. And it's a load of rubbish, really. That's uh, what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I've been teaching this. Like I was mortified when I found out that that was right. Yeah. It's, it's what everyone teaches and what everyone goes by, but I actually ended up coming up to a better answer by being forced into it. So that's how everyone does hashtags. And so I thought that was the way as well. Mm -hmm. But when I was building hashtags there, I was going to build it the right way, only using the official data that Instagram gives us. So that's when I had a bit of a mental breakdown in, in building hashtags there, because I found out Instagram through their API, uh, which is an API is just how different programs talk to each other and share data um, through their API. They will not share how many posts a hashtag has. Oh. So that's the way everyone does their hashtag strategy and they won't give us that data. I thought I'd run into a dead end and, and I had a little freak out. <laughs> yeah, um, that's so fascinating to me because obviously they don't care about that part so much. Exactly, yeah. It's not something that they're wanting to share or make super accessible. So once I realized that, I started to bang my head against the wall a little bit and I said, okay, I said to my wife, I'm like, Danica, just... I'm going to go lock myself in the office for about six hours tonight. I'm just going to do a bunch of math and stare at all these hashtags and try to find some other correlation. And, and so can I give like a little bit of a long spiel on, on yeah. what actually, okay. I, I'm, this is appealing to my crazy, like fascinated for random topics of information space. So definitely do, do your spiel. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> so if, if a hashtag is a parade or Maybe Instagram is a parade, okay? Yes. 
and each hashtag is an avenue that that parade's going down. Yeah. Some of these streets, they're busier, some of them a little less populated. And if you think about it, hashtags have been around for over a decade now. Mm -hmm. So if this is an annual parade and you're entering your business's float in it, you would you care how many floats have gone down it over the last 10 years? No, that's, that's not relevant. Uh, but instead, you want to know how competitive is it? Uh, you know, how fancy are the other floats going to be? Um, are there going to be so many people there that I'm not going to get noticed or seen? Is the parade going to be moving so quickly that we fly by too quickly for anyone to even read my, my brand name on the side of my float? So if we use that kind of analogy, we're then instead looking at not the number of posts that have ever been used in a hashtag, but instead we're looking at the top posts and the recent posts. So top posts, how flashy are these floats? You know, uh, How much engagement are they getting? And is that engagement something that's attainable for your own float or your own post? I love that analogy. I use an analogy about being in a train station, busy train station, and like trying to get traffic to your website, you have to have a really bright carriage that everyone notices. So that combined with this, I think I'm going to have to smudge those two together at some point, because that is, I love that explanation. That makes me understand it so well. So thank you. That's cool. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it took some time to kind of get to that one, but I think it's, it's a good way of wrapping it up you know um the other part of it is how quickly is this parade moving you know mm. you want to be going slow enough that you're able to be seen but you don't want to be so slow that no one's looking at it mm. uh, and so that's when we look at the recent posts and i say you know one thing hashtag slayer is looking at is how quickly are posts being made to this hashtag is there a new post every 10 seconds or every hour every 10 hours so the slower it's moving, the easier it's going to be to be seen. It's less competitive. And so that's kind of what we're looking at is, you know, how quickly is it moving and how much engagement do you need to get to the top? So that's how we come up with an actual difficulty ranking for a hashtag. It has nothing to do with the number of posts. So I really love this because I have been using TikTok as well. And um, with TikTok, one of the things I learned from TikTok was there were trending hashtags. They're quite open about which hashtags are trending. And one of the things that people say on TikTok is, oh, you shouldn't do any big hashtags. You should only do ones that, it's kind of the old Instagram thing, that only do ones around that 200,000, you know, that's the best way to grow. But those 200,000, just like you say, that could have been collected over eight years, which means no one's looking for that hashtag. You know, like yeah, that's on not Instagram. trend. Yeah. Yeah, on, mm -hmm. and it's same on Instagram. So like, that's what I'm kind of realizing is those numbers don't mean anything, those viewer numbers, because you don't know how long that line of count has happened to get to that point. However, yes. that number is slightly more important on TikTok than Instagram because yes. TikTok's newer. Yes, so, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's, it, that, that data isn't quite as noisy or irrelevant on TikTok because it hasn't been around for as long. So I think that's probably how people ended up coming with that same answer for Instagram. But, you know, 10 years later, it's just, it's not the right answer anymore. I love this. I am learning so much. I love this because it's stuff that I'm unexpectedly learning, which always makes me excited about it. So, so you put your things in. There was a whole lot of stuff last year with Adam Missouri talking about hashtags. Actually, it wasn't Adam Missouri. It was the creator account, which one of my favorite things is it's had like eight owners before it became that creator account. Um, and they said something around, you should only have eight to 15 hashtags. 
And then other people are saying zero to eight. And then people with big platforms, like um, if people are listening, there's a guy called Brock Johnson. He's got like a really big um, following on Instagram. And there's other people there too who've got like 350 plus followers, 350,000 plus followers are saying things like hashtags are dead. Um, and I'm not finding that. I'm finding that on a regular basis between 10 to 40%, depending on which account I'm on, my my reach is coming from my new reach is coming from my hashtags so i'm not finding that stuff why do you think they are experiencing that and do you think that applies i mean obviously you're not going to say want to say no but what do you think about that kind of thing going on oh, you, you packed a few different questions in there i so packed about 14 questions in there sorry how do you <laughs> feel about the statement hashtags are dead let's start with that one okay so are hashtags dead no and I'm not just saying that because I sell a hashtag tool. Mm -hmm. I, I do not think hashtags are dead. The reason is, is because we're looking at keyword search. Okay. Instagram has been pushing their keyword search more. That's why people are saying hashtags are dead. Okay. So a couple issues with that. Keyword search is very general. It has very basic terms that you can search. Mm -hmm. And it's typically going to show you the top content for your search meaning you're seeing the largest accounts with the highest engagement in the most general possible search terms. Mm -hmm. So if you're a, a small business, if you have a niche, if you're a growing account, you're never going to get seen through keyword search. Mm -hmm. And so hashtags may be dead for these larger accounts uh, because they don't necessarily need it. It doesn't mean that they wouldn't see a benefit, but it's just not worth their time anymore. However, if you're a smaller business, if you, you know, don't have 100,000 followers or more, I still think hashtags are worth your time. And the other thing to keep in mind here is, okay, so what did I say earlier? I said that hashtags are not just about reach on your immediate post, but they're also about categorizing your content. Yeah. So how else are your posts found other than hashtags? Okay. Yeah, there's through people sharing them. Uh, to their stories or what have you, people taking their friends in the comments. But the other place is the explore page. So I always say that the impressions from hashtags also deserves some numbers from that impressions from explore. If you're looking at your insights on Instagram, because the better that you can categorize your post with specific hashtags, the better chance you have of showing up on that explore page. So mm. now I'm going to kind of take a step back into a statement you said at the beginning of this was Instagram creators saying eight to 15 hashtags, or I think I even saw them say five hashtags. They There's, did. I was like, yeah. I don't know, 30 feels good to me. <laughs> so every, every time, every other month, I swear, there's another magic number for hashtags and it goes viral because people want a quick and easy answer. So why would they say to use five hashtags? The answer is because they want to make sure you're using relevant hashtags that are targeted so that you have a better chance of showing up on the explore page. Now, they're also assuming that if you're like a large, you know, influencer with a big following, you're busy, what have you, you're probably not being very strategic. And chances are you're not doing hashtag research. You're simply putting some hashtags on off the top of your head. Uh, or even worse, you have 30 hashtags in your notes app that you copy and paste every time. Yeah, everyone's done yeah, that one. I used to do that. <laughs> I don't do that now, but I definitely used to do that. 
Yeah, same here. Uh, <laughs> so the problem with that is these hashtags aren't going to be as relevant as they can be to your post because you're not putting thought into them, you're running them on autopilot, what have you. So if you're simply pasting the same 30 hashtags every time or you're just adding random hashtags to get to that magic number, chances are you're not going to be seen on Explore as easily. You might not show up for keyword search. And that's because you've muddied the waters with irrelevant hashtags. So my answer is, is there a magic number? No, there never is. The number is as many relevant and targeted hashtags as you can fit up to 30. So when we're talking about relevant, um, I saw like, I honestly hashtags is like a dark because it's kind of linked to SEO. It, it, it's kind of, a, it's one of those things where when I think about it, just everything clouds over. It's like spreadsheets for me. And I'm fascinated by it. And I love the fact you've got a tool because it makes it easier. But when we're talking about a complement of them, so if you're a business owner like me, where most of my clients are in New Zealand or Australia, so I, I, I'll talk to anybody, like even people from British Columbia, um, I'll do that. But my, most of my clients are in that space. So I, ha I, would, I would be good to have some geography hashtags in there. I think so. And especially if you can make your content relevant to that. So mm, that's true. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to make a note on build. that one. Certainly. Um, my kind of three main building blocks for hashtags are, you know, hashtags that are about your content. So what are you talking about? What's the topic? Hashtags that are about your industry, business, niche, and then hashtags that are about your audience. So audience could be niche related. These may be you know, the people that you're speaking to, your main target audience that you're, you're selling to, it could also be geographic. So I see this problem a lot is people start using hashtags and all they do is they end up attracting their competitors. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, their, their industry peers are following them, but they aren't actually attracting their customers because they're forgetting to include audience-based hashtags. The problem is, is sometimes people do start using audience-based hashtags, but they're still not performing on them. And that's because they're not speaking to their audience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, uh, I have a, a friend, Carrie, she's a, a customer of Hashtag Slayer and she's the equestrian marketing coach on, on Instagram. What a great niche. Yeah, very specific niche, right? <laughs> and she had asked me for some help with her hashtags and, and I pointed out like, okay, great. You're, you're using these equestrian hashtags, but you're not necessarily speaking directly to equestrians with every post. If they come back to your profile, they'll see your bio and everything and they'll understand. But if you're just speaking generally about Instagram marketing using these hashtags, you're not going to perform as well as if you said, here's five tips for equestrian businesses with your marketing. So by speaking directly to your audience and using the hashtags, you're going to be able to attract the right people and perform on those hashtags. I'm feeling very triggered right now, Matthew, because I talk a lot with my clients about how we Kiwi dies a lot of the American marketing that comes through because it doesn't fit the Kiwi and Australian culture and even just numbers like we have 5 million people here. So, you know, something that fits a small audience in, in America, which is a million people, that's a, that's 20% of our population. So it, it doesn't work, you know? And mm. so, but I don't think I've ever, ever mentioned or talked about that in a post I'm feeling a little bit like oh my gosh I didn't even think about it because you kind of get caught up in all that other stuff and I think that's such a good point because I, I always say to people you know like hey you're a hairdresser why are you not saying that you are in 
Auckland or something so that when we see your stuff, we know, oh, it's for Auckland. I either there or I'm not. So you're, that is, I think that in terms of content creation is such a gold nugget of information for people. Um, and, and that would mean that your hashtags would then relate more to your content, wouldn't it? So then it's more likely to be shown on an explore page. That's exactly it. It's about that relationship between your content and your hashtags, your audience, your content, your hashtags, and trying to get that as tight as possible. Yeah, that is awesome. And so um, when you're looking at it, if you were doing something that was more generic, um, so it might just be really good. So for me, marketing information, or it might be good hairdressing information, and it's just good generic information. You might not put your location hashtags in it because it's not actually relating to that post. Yeah, if you're not talking about it, I, you know, maybe you'd still geotag your post so that people yeah. can find it that way. But I don't think you always need to be using your your geographic hashtags or your audience hashtags. Um, you know, it's ideal to, but if you're not actually talking to them in that post, you might perform better by using different hashtags. I think that's amazing. Now, in terms of Instagram, one of the things that's happened from you having um, your baby recently is you've taken a bit of a break from hashtag, from Instagram a little bit just because of survival and adjusting and and things do you feel like one of the things that's quite hard today on social is this pressure to have to always be on oh absolutely <laughs> yeah it's a uh, it can be difficult to kind of balance everything um something that we talk about actually a lot in our content is you know purposely taking a step back and we practice that mm -hmm. quite a bit so especially with the, the baby, we've done that twice in the past year in, you know, our, our business has still grown. Could we have grown faster if we had just stayed on the whole time? I'm, I'm sure of it, but I think uh, building something for the long-term is what's important and, you know, avoiding burnout. So, you know, when, when my wife and I found out we were going to have a baby, we decided to make the most of the summer and spend a lot of time like traveling around British Columbia, you know, taking different like week-long trips, different places. And so while in the first half of the year, we were posting five times a week on our stories all the time on, on clubhouse and doing everything else throughout the summer, we, we scaled it back to three times per week and, and kind of did one room on clubhouse a week and that was it. And then now I'm just kind of coming back to Instagram and I've been away for over a month uh, just to kind of, you know, be there for my wife in the last couple of weeks of pregnancy, and then also, you know, help with this new adjustment as we both become parents. So yeah, I don't, I think everyone feels like they need to be on all the time, but I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of more, even as an entrepreneur, even as someone who loves business, I think that there's much more important things than the numbers. I think so too. And, and I took a break over Christmas, like a proper break. And I, I didn't think, I didn't worry about it, but I did think, oh, maybe my engagement will take a dive. Um, I've come back, it went straight back up to what it was and um, growing faster because I tweaked some things and I'm refreshed. And I don't, and I, I think this year, I've got quite a lot of big projects this year that I want to do. I've got a book coming out in May and things like that. And I'm going to selectively take time out and not try and feel I've got to do because I think the angsty energy of having to be there can actually often be detrimental to, to everything anyway. Yeah. And then your the quality of your content is going to drop down and, you know, you just kind of end up posting what everyone else is posting. I see that happens a lot. And yeah. It just becomes kind of like, you know, everyone's, everyone's content becomes noise because it's yeah, all the same. I so I think it's important to step back and, and find your voice. And, and I lost mine care. last year. So I totally get that. I, 
just jumped in. I, I started self-doubting my own style. And I think learning to have your own way of doing things is how you find your ideal people. Can I ask what other platforms you use to market Hashtag Slayer? Yeah, none. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's Instagram and then we do Clubhouse Rooms and that's yeah. that's essentially it. So is Clubhouse still getting, because it's obviously it had that big hype and then it dropped. So for anyone that's not, um, doesn't know what Clubhouse is, it's an audio only platform. Um, I just, I loved it, but I just couldn't find the time to add it in for my stuff. So, but I know lots of people have really enjoyed it. Are you still finding there's good traffic for Clubhouse for you? Yeah, I haven't, again, I haven't been on in a month as well, because I stepped yeah. back from all social media, but yes, the traffic did die down a bit but I found I've been able to build some quality relationships with people. I typically, I don't use it as much as I once did. And typically I'm there when I'm hosting a room rather than just trying to get in and, and speak in someone else's. Mm. But what I love about Clubhouse is it's not just about um, generating leads for me. It's about audience discovery and content discovery. And, and what I mean by that is that I take it as a, you know, I'll do like an hour long room where myself and, and a co-host will just take people's questions about Instagram and hashtags. And that kind of guides me into what kind of content I should be making because I learn exactly what questions people are having. And then I can take that the next week and make some posts about it. So it's very valuable for me in that way. And I find because you're speaking in real time with people, it's much easier to build like some real fans of your product or your business by having those intimate conversations, even if there's 50 or hundred people in the room, you're still you know, actually there and, and meeting people and, and chatting and helping them with their issues. And through that, it creates a ripple effect where they're more likely to tell people about your business. So I find it is a bit of a time commitment. It is a lower audience, but the quality can be much higher as well as how it can indicate or point me in the right direction for my own content. And I heard before, right at the beginning, and I just want to check, because does Hashtag Slayer just work for Instagram? Yes, you you need a Facebook account to use it because of how it's- That's what I was wondering with the API. Yeah. 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 So because it's approved by Facebook and, it, and you know, Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram. So you need, a, you need to log in with Facebook, you need to have a Facebook business page, and that has to be connected to your Instagram account. But if you have those, you can use it. Um, right now, it's just Instagram hashtags, although I'm sure that'll change in the future. I think I'm still going to trial it to use it for finding hash, just thinking of hashtags for TikTok and for LinkedIn. Um, one of the bugbears with LinkedIn is you can have five to eight hashtags and they encourage you to do it, but they don't give you any reader numbers of what's mo most popular. So I'm thinking humans are humans. It will slightly differ for platform platform for platform but I might be able to find some ones that are actually low competition but uh, high use or high low competition but high what do we call the other one high impact I guess yeah sure <laughs> yeah so I might be able to find those and then you trial them on TikTok and LinkedIn I'll let you know yeah I'd be curious to hear how that goes I've definitely heard of other people using the hashtags they use on or find on hashtags there for LinkedIn and Facebook and, and other other places but of course I can't I can't say like we've we've exactly found the numbers for those ones because we don't have the data. Um, but of course you could just kind of take those hashtags, search them on LinkedIn, see if people are using it. 
um, at, at least at the very least be a good kind of starting point. Um, so I'm, um, I, I think anyone should, should use your, your app, especially if you're short on time, but you really want to make an impact with Instagram. But one of the things I really like about this conversation is you really have shown that it is as much about that content, the hashtags add value to the content. If the content is mediocre or crap or not targeted to your audience, those hashtags are kind of wasted, aren't they? Absolutely. You know, so many people like to sell that there's some magic pill for your marketing and, and, oh, you know, get the right hashtags and your account will blow up. I'm not going to sell you that. I'm going to sell you that we can help you find ones that will be a better fit for your market, that will be at the right competition level for your business, and it'll save you time. You know, it's going to give you a boost. I've seen people go from, you know, increasing their reach by 10%. I've also seen people double their reach. It's going to depend on your niche and your account. But the key is, you know, giving your content just a little bit of help and saving you all that time uh, later on down the line. I am so, I, I, I need to jump on now and go and do some more hashtag research because I'm so excited. Um, if people want to use your app and, and have a go, um, how do they get hold of you? Like, how do they find it? Where would they go to, to, to get, start their journey with you? Sure thing. So it's all on the web. So it's hashtag slayer.com. It's hyper mobile optimized though we designed it for phones first so you can use it on your phone really easy even add it to your home screen and use it like an app uh hashtag slayer.com is where you're going to use it and you can find us on instagram as well at hashtag slayer app and that's where you'll find all you know endless content talking about everything i've said here I think I'm gonna when I've um, when I've had another little play with it. I think I might do like a little YouTube video of just my walking through and how I'm using it, so that people can get a kind of a visual picture of it. Um, I'm sure there's already other people doing that with YouTube videos as well, showing how to use it as well. Yeah, that's that's something I've been. I feel very blessed by that when people want to share the product and and give people tips or make their own tutorials. It's it's been fantastic for me to learn how people are using it, and you know it, it brings other people back as well. You must feel sometimes feel when people are doing they're like wait no because I learned using it in a way that was slightly different to what you designed. Oh no, I love when I see that because it's a it's a good learning opportunity for me. I'm like oh, I could make this more clear. I could make this easier. Oh maybe I hadn't thought of using it that way, so maybe I should make that obvious. Um, so I, I love it. That's awesome. So Matthew, honestly, I thank you so much for taking time away from your beautiful young daughter to come and be part of the podcast. Um, it's been great. I feel really energized. I would like to just officially say no hashtags are not dead. Correct. Um, and thank you so much for being part of the show. And thank you for listening to my Method Marketing this week as well. Um, I hope you've learned something at the end of the podcast. I always give you a bit of a guideline. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to walk you through a few bits and pieces that you can use um, to, to, to apply this. And I will make sure I've done like a little walkthrough myself of hashtag Slayer that I'll link to in my YouTube video account. So you can have a look at it and see um, how I'm using it as well. So thank you so much, Matthew. It's been a huge pleasure. Likewise, I really appreciate it. And as a thank you to you and your audience, I've got a coupon for you. So yes, love coupons. Yes. Put in a coupon code MAPIT when you uh, upgrade your account and you'll get your first month totally free. Whether you add one Instagram account or you add 30 of them, you'll, you'll get that first month free. So all right, thank you. I'm going to be sharing me. that far and wide because that's amazing. That'll be awesome. Thank you so much for being part of the show.
If there's one thing that I am certain on, it is that the more I learn, the less I know. And that certainly was the truth with this episode. I was taking notes with the best of them, trust me. Now, Matthew has been very generous in giving us a code. It is MAPIT. And if you go to hashtag Slayer.com or check out the link in the show notes, you'll be able to get a full 30 days trial to see how it works, research and give it a go to learn how to use hashtag Slayer and get those hashtags working for your account. Next week, the guest is me. I'm hosting and guesting at the same time. We are going to be talking about hooks and how to use them better in your marketing. A hook is what captures people's attention. And I don't always get them right, but I am working on them, particularly in my videos. And I want to share with you what makes a great hook, what types of hooks you need. And I'm even going to share with you some of my favorite hooks that I know work across a whole bunch of businesses so we're going to be doing that next week otherwise have a great week i hope it's a beautiful one for you for me i'm just hoping for a bit of breath of air because i am living in the humid hell of auckland right now and it is hot so all the best for you all the best for me and i will talk to you next week if you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.